0: United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Yesterday at the State Department, Heather Nauer spokesperson was fielding questions on what would had happened and the idea that uh, and the the confidence with which the U.S. moved forward in deciding that it was indeed a poison gas attack that prompted the missiles being shot at Syria.
1: We have information have no that leads us to believe that two agents were used. I think this was discussed in our State Department and NSC background brie- briefing the other day. The United States continues to look at all of that information. But you've not mentioned sarin, You uh, or has in that, been? In that In that background briefing, that was mentioned. Oh, uh, okay. We have information that leads us to believe that both chlorine and sarin were used in the attack. And, and oh, you still time stand the by the yeah, by- yeah, hi. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, you still stand by the proof that you say the U.S. has on this, right? You I certainly like- do. Yes. And um, uh, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you about that, but it slipped my mind. Uh, give me one second. It's okay. We can come back to you. Uh, oh yes. Does the U.S. have? Its own sample at this point. I, I can't comment on that. Okay, I thanks. Can't
0: That's on that. a little bit of the way it went. We're remembering our information. Sometimes we all have those kinds of things happen to us when we're asking a question. Let's get some questions and put them to our next guest, Osama Garizzi, who is the regional program manager for Middle East programs at the United States Institute of Peace. Joining us here to put in perspective the uh, attack on Syria or the missiles that were retaliation, I guess the word might be important here. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Osama Garizzi, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Thanks for having me on. Is there certainty that indeed? I understand there are inspections going on right now, but is it your sense that there is certainty that indeed uh, Bashar al-Assad did launch a chemical attack on some of his own citizens?
1: Um, I'll leave the, the certainty to, to the experts, but from all indications, all point to uh, that chemical weapons were, were used. Um, but I would say, irrespective of this, uh, the regime still has access to and continues to do, continue to use. Uh, a deadly arsenal of convention, conventional weaponry uh, against opposition groups and communities. It retook, for example, Eastern Ghouta a few weeks ago from the opposition after an intense seven-week military campaign that saw hundreds of innocent civilians killed and the city completely destroyed. So the reality is the strikes have done little to change the regime's behavior or alter the trajectory of the Syrian conflict.
0: So if the intent was to send a signal to Bashar al-Assad, that signal is not being received, it sounds like.
1: Um, I would say correct. Uh, the, the signal, the, the strikes themselves are very limited in nature. And I think that in itself is a signal that uh, the U.S. Uh, position on this is to, to keep things very targeted uh, for, for different reasons.
0: The, 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 you know, it's interesting that Susan Rice, the former national security advisor, has a piece that she has posted recently, which says that the problem that President Trump faces is the same problem that President Obama faced in Syria. Would you agree that that is the same problem or is it different now that it seems the Islamic State has has somewhat moved away from this picture?
1: I think one of the, the central problems is that there doesn't seem to be clear policy objectives for U.S. engagement in Syria after the defeat of the Islamic State. Uh, Yes, stabilization and ensuring that the gains made against the extremist group uh, are consolidated, are being worked towards and supported by the nearly 2,000 U.S. troops stationed in eastern Syria. Uh, But this is being undermined by the the recent freezing by the Trump administration of the $200 million uh, in assistance allocated to stabilization work. Uh, so beyond this, there, there aren't really any clear policy objectives, and the, the policy objectives that are, are there are being undermined by certain, uh, certain uh, actions by, by the administration itself.
0: What's your sense of the British role in this and the French role? I mean, obviously, when you've got three together, it's a little different from just unilateral action taken by a president. Does, does, this, does this say anything to you about the operation?
1: I would turn attention away from the military, uh, the, the, the limited strikes that occurred, and, and focus more on the diplomatic efforts uh, at play. And if we look at the diplomatic efforts, U.S. diplomacy under the Ukraine administration has disengaged from peace processes designed to end the conflict and has really taken a backseat to Turkish, Russian, and Iranian efforts. Uh, so while the, the British and French and uh, the U.S. might have an interest in seeing the, the conflict resolved, uh, the truth, the reality is that U.S. engagement in peace processes using its dip- diplomatic clout has, has uh, not, not been there.
0: Osama Gritzi, who is a regional program manager for Middle East Peace Programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace, discussing Syria with us today. And I think you just mentioned something very important, which is this is not just the United States uh, action against Syria. This is not just United States, Great Britain, and France against Syria, but it also involves Turkey, Russia, and Iran. How much influence do each of those countries have on the final resolution to whatever the conflict is in, in Syria?
1: Uh, the short answer is they have a lot of influence. Um, unfortunately, the, the plan of the, the current administration seems to be to disengage from Syria while pushing and prodding U.S. allies in the region, particularly Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar and Egypt, to play a bigger role in helping to stabilize the situation in, in Syria. Uh, it was just reported yesterday that the administration is looking to get its allies in the region to create an Arab force that would essentially replace U.S. troops stationed in eastern Syria to hold and stabilize these territories. Uh, there are several problems with this plan, uh, however. You know, for one, it assumes that Arab allies have the same objectives in Syria as the U.S. And yes, while these countries want to see uh, ISIS remain defeated, the majority of, those, the majority of these countries also want to re- see the regime change change in Syria and are more vocal about this outcome than the current U.S. administration has been. Um, So putting putting an air force on the ground essentially gives these, these countries an immediate force presence that could seek out other military and political objectives beyond the defeat of ISIS. And this could further inflame the conflict or at the minimum add a new dimension to it.
0: Well, what we've also heard from people we've talked to is that Saudi Arabia wants hegemony in the region so that therefore they're going to do anything they can to stop Iran from doing whatever it wants to do. Plus, Saudi Arabia is also involved in Yemen. Qatar and the United Arab Emirates are having their own problems with each other. And therefore, whatever President Trump's talking to about the quote unquote Middle East allies, just to your point, is, is not there. there's no unified vision among those uh, groups. and Indeed, I don't know if you'd even call them allies, would you?
1: No, I mean, that's a a great point. I think another hiccup to the plan is that it would need the blessing of Turkey, uh, which does not want to see the areas in the east continue to be dominated by Kurdish entities. Uh, The Arab force that has been uh, discussed would presumably continue to support and work with the Syrian Democratic Forces, uh, which is a military force backed by the U.S. and comprised mainly of Kurdish fighters. Uh, There's no reason to expect Turkey would would welcome any arrangement that continues to nurture and develop these forces and the Kurdish-dominated governing institutions that... Uh, that reside uh, near its southern border Uh, so yeah here's a NATO ally and there's a key discrepancy in how to approach uh, the Syrian crisis in a very targeted location of the country
0: Osama we have understood that Israel has launched its own attacks quietly sometimes on Syria they've done so without making a big deal about it but they are known to have done this and I wonder what you see their role as moving forward and what the United States should do with Israel should they cooperate should they join efforts what what should be done
1: um, you know the the, the role the, the Israelis are very concerned about the border situations uh, to its north, uh, Lebanese border to its east, um, and so yeah, there are, there have been reports about uh, the Israelis uh, using uh, uh, their their forces to um, to seek out targets uh, in and around the border. I would say their their main concern is on the border situations and seeing the spillover effects. Uh, entering uh, into into Israel, uh, as to what can be done, I think this is needs to be looked at in a, the broader sense. Of all all countries in the region have a role to play in working towards peace in Syria, and uh, that that needs to be done through uh, at the forefront of these efforts needs to be the U.S. The U.S. needs to be uh, using its diplomatic efforts engaged more robustly um, in these processes and bringing in uh, a range of states and actors to to seek. A piece that's going to be in its national security interest.
0: This will not end soon. Obviously, it's an ongoing process. Osama Garizzi, we appreciate your spending time on POTUS today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Osama Garizzi is the Regional Program Manager for Middle East Programs at the United States Institute of Peace discussing this very complicated situation in Syria. His days are numbered, Bashar al-Assad. Well, the numbers are continuing to rise as he is still in power and the U.S. still is trying to figure out exactly what to do in this particular part of the world. If anything, the Twitter handle, by the way, is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124.